Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in Hive, which translates into Anglo-Saxon haven, which has become a true haven because of the constant reading of these holy books uh, published by Srila Prabhupada and his PBT. Just in the south eastern section of England and next to the next to the English Channel which I can see through two buildings right where I'm looking I can see the English Channel so it's a very peaceful place nice place we welcome also our special guest Bhakti Eden from London and we will embarrass him by making an, uh, an astounding uh, announcement that he has decided to leave his post in uh, Goldman Sachs and he's young, he's in his 20s and he has a team underneath him so he's highly qualified in many ways and his boss when he said he was going to leave to join the Hare Krishna movement his boss said of all the reasons I've heard for, for leaving this organization I've never heard one that was so virtuous and I thought that was just charming and uh, it just shows you that there are pious people who can understand everywhere. We just have to get to them. Okay. With that prologue, we're going to go right into the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. But before we do, we're going to chant again, as we do every day, the Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram before we read Srimad Bhagavatamrita. It's also written by Srila Sanatana Goswami. It's five verses beautifully glorifying the Bhagavatam, which is the basis not only of the Srimad Bhagavatamrita, but all the other Rasa Shastras of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, <clears throat> singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidwandoditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Varshak Shadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguroman Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. 
my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadyadayin atini chotatakara hanamun chagadachen mam premna rit kantayospura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we've reached the Rasyan section of the Briyat Bhagavatamrita, the last part of the book. And Prikshit Maharaj was so ecstatic when he finished his story of Narada Muni and Gopukumar in order to enlighten his Brahmana from Mathura disciple. He just kept going and he started chanting uh, special verses from the Brahma Sangita and Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th canto particularly. And now we've reached a section in which the topmost devotees, topmost Brajbasis, the gopis, are exhibiting their dhanya, their utter humility, by glorifying all the other residents of Vrindavan, including those that appear to be not even conscious, the, fl the clouds and the rivers, the mountains, and so on, trees. Uh, so we're starting with text 112. We're right in the middle of this uh, section. Text 112. Vanalatas tadava atvani vishnum vyanjayantya ivapushpapaladyahaha pranatabhada bitapa madhudaraha premarishtatanavo varishu sma the trees and creepers in the forest respond to the sound by, coming, by becoming so luxuriant with fruits and flowers that they seem to be manifesting Lord Vishnu within their hearts. As their branches bend low with the weight, the filaments on their trunks and vines stand erect in the ecstasy of pure of love of God. Of God and both the trees and the creepers pour down a rain of sweet sap. Commentary Greater than the clouds and rivers are the forest plants who are sentient beings. Another of the gopis recites this verse, Bhagavatam 10.35.9, in praise of the trees and creepers of Vrindavan, who have the great fortune to associate with Krishna during the day. The gopis, by singing these verses to remind themselves of how Krishna is enjoying in the forest, achieve some solace from the pain of being separated from him. In the previous verse of the Bhagavatam 10.35.8, 
The gopis sang of Krishna's playing his flute to call the cows, Vinuna, Avyati, Ga Sayadahi. Thus, the sound the trees and the creepers are responding to is the sound of Krishna's flute. The flute song directly addresses the cows, not the trees and creepers. Yet the trees and creepers of Vrindavan and the other forests of Braja react in ecstasy, pouring down a continuous flow of sap. It seems <clears throat> that they behold the Supreme Personality of Godhead everywhere, inside their hearts and outside. And though the all-pervasive Supreme Lord Vishnu appears in numerous forms, they see him in the one form who submits himself to the control of pure devotion. Sri Nanda Kishore. The creepers try to hide that they are seeing him, as one might try to hide that one is seeing a rare and secret treasure. But their ecstatic love confounds their attempts. Unwittingly, they set everyone, they let everyone see that Krishna is manifest in their hearts. The symptoms of Krishna's inner presence are obvious. The creepers are outwardly, outwardly rich with an endless supply of fruits and flowers, and their branches bend low, not only from the weight of those fruits and flowers, but also from an inner mood of humbleness, which shows a deep wealth of good qualities derived from piety and spiritual knowledge. Moreover, the gross and subtle bodies of the creepers show signs of transcendental ecstasy, evidence that the creepers possess the deepest inner wealth of pure devotion. The creepers, and also their husbands, the trees, are fully endowed with these symptoms of external and internal wealth. The gopis mention the creepers before the trees because the creepers are women like themselves. These creepers and trees very much resemble Sri Krishna's devotees, who are rich with the fruits of beauty, aristocracy, wealth, and influence, and with the flowers of children and other family members. Krishna's devotees are rich with the flower-like Vedas, which offer lush promises of rewards, are steeped, richly steeped, in study of the Vedas and performance of Vedic sacrifices, and are also rich with the fruits of enjoyment in this life and the next. Nonetheless, these devotees remain always bowed down in humility, shyness, and other saintly qualities. And their fa family members, Titapa, Vitapaha, show these qualities as well. The devotees of the Lord try to keep Sri Vishnu hidden in their hearts like a housewife who tries to conceal her extramarital affair. But the Lord so thoroughly pervades the inner and outer workings of all the senses that the devotees cannot keep Him from openly shining forth. Especially when they hear the song of Krishna's flute, their intensified love expresses itself in their bodies as haripulation on their limbs, and they shed torrents of ecstatic tears and show other signs of joy 
as indicated in this verse by the words Vyanjayantya Eva, as if exhibiting. Vaishnavas naturally want to respect the sanctity of their prema by not showing it to anyone and everyone. Prema should not be allowed to degrade into a cheap public spectacle. But when symptoms of increased ecstasy appear in their bodies, Vaishnavas sometimes cannot completely conceal their inner feelings. The songs like this one that the gopis sing in the 35th chapter of the 10th, can 10th canto differ from their complaints of separation from Krishna, cited earlier from previous chapters. Before, the gopis mostly lamented their bad fortune, but now they are seriously trying to raise themselves above the misery of being separated from Krishna during the day. By singing these songs, they actually feel great joy. As Shukadeva Goswami states at the end of the chapter, 1035-26, O King, during the daytime, the women of Vrindavan thus took pleasure in continuously singing about the pastimes of Krishna. And the minds and hearts of those women absorbed in him were filled with great festivity. Although the women intensely felt the pain of separation from Krishna, by singing about his pastimes, they were able to keep their minds fixed on him. And so they were happy, even during the day. At, at the beginning of chapter 35, 1035.1, Srila Shukadeva Goswami also said, Whenever Krishna went to the forest, <clears throat> the minds of the gopis would run after him. And thus the young girls, although saddened, spent their days singing of his pastimes. This statement can be, mis can be understood to mean that even though being apart from Krishna made the gopis sad, they managed to pass the days happily. Ninyu, by singing about his pastimes. According to the explanation given by Srila Sridhar Swami, the gopi praising the creepers and trees of Vrindavan means to say, if even the plant life has such deep love for Krishna, how can we be expected to tolerate being separated from him? All the same, by singing the glories of Krishna, whose transcendental body is the essence of all bliss. The gopis feel great pleasure. Their songs are not pitiful lamentations, but the highest revelations of ecstatic love. Or if one prefers to see the negative side of love and separation, the word mahodaya, festivity, can be understood to be used ironically to indicate just the opposite, of what it literally means. That is to say, because the hearts of the gopis burn incessantly in the fire of prema, they never enjoy a moment's happiness. Text 113. <clears throat> o oh, original personality, these bees 
must all be great sages and most elevated devotees of yours. For they are worshipping you by following you along the path and chanting your glories, which are themselves a holy place for the entire world. Though you have disguised yourself within this forest, O sinless one, they refuse to abandon you, their worshipful, worshipable Lord. Commentary Better than the non-moving creatures are those who can move, beginning with the insects, bugs, and worms. Parikshit Maharaj now recounts Lord Krishna's praise of the bees who follow his brother, Balaram, wherever he goes. Bhagavatam 10.15.6 As mentioned before, Krishna is speaking to Balaram, but whatever he says about Balaram <clears throat> applies in fact to himself. The bees, therefore, never stop chanting Krishna's glories, which are like holy pilgrimage sites that bestow spiritual upliftment on all living, on all living beings. Krishna's glories, like a universally magnanimous spiritual master, can deliver any person, whether fit to be saved or not. Those glories bestow upon everyone who comes in contact with them divine knowledge of the greatness of pure devotional service. The bees that follow Krishna are great sages, but not sages like the self-satisfied impersonalists, Rather, they are Krishna's devotees, Bhavadiya, Bhavadiya. And of his devotees, they are among the most elevated, Mukya. Because although Krishna hides himself in the forest, they never stop following him. He is there all in all, the Lord of their life. To join him in the forest, they disguise themselves as bees and thus take the opportunity to worship Him always with their songs. Here Krishna calls Balarama Adi Purusha, the original Supreme Person. This means that the bees who are always with the Lord are among the Adi Sevakas, the Lord's original eternal servants. They always worship Him suitably according to the various pastimes He performs. Sri Krishna also calls Balaram anaga, meaning sinless, free from all faults, neglectful of all offenses against him, and granting salvation from all miseries. Because the Lord is anaga in these ways, the bees can never abandon him. They worship him in any circumstance, fearless of reactions for their offenses, and confident that devotional service will protect them from all distress. In truth, the bees of Vrindavan are better than other sages because the bees never stop singing the glories of Krishna, whereas other sages sometimes fall silent, absorbed in ecstatic trance. Those bees are like the great Vaishnava Munis who never stop speaking Krishna, seeking Krishna even though he is hidden in the forest of the Vedas. Oh, though his pastimes are difficult to understand and his service is difficult to achieve, the determined Vaishnavas never abandon him. They strive to locate his glories even on the paths of karma 
and jnana. They always sing those glories and pr promote them as the most serviceable spiritual asset. And so they realize Krishna directly as the indwelling supersoul of all jivas, their worshipable Supreme Lord. As Vaishnava sages surrender to Krishna, giving up everything to serve him in pure love, so do the bees in Vrindavan. Text 114 Sadasi sarasahang sivihangash Chadu gita rita chetasa etya Harim upasatite yatachita Hanta milita risho dritta maunaha The charming flute song steals away the minds of the cranes, swans, and other lake-dwelling birds. Indeed, they approach Krishna, close their eyes, and maintaining strict silence, worship Him by fixing their consciousness upon Him in deep meditation. Commentary This is another verse <clears throat> sung by the gopis who were trying to console one another during the daytime when Krishna was absent. The birds of Braja are superior to the bugs and insects. But even among the birds, there are different levels of Krishna consciousness. The waterfowl are a little less fortunate than the others because they have less opportunity to be close to Krishna. The waterfowl described in this verse, Bhagavatam 10.35.11, live in a faraway lake filled with clean water, clusters of lotuses and various other attractions. Innumerable cranes, swans and other birds forever sport in that lake. But when they hear the beautiful song of Krishna's flute, their minds are captivated. First, they become bewildered and fly about madly in all directions. Then they return to the lake and settle down to engage in serious worship of Lord Hari. To fix their attention exclusively on Him, they restrain their minds, bodies and speech. They subdue their minds, close their eyes and resort to complete silence, bringing not only mind, sight and speech, but all their senses under strict control. Or, understanding the word upasata, to mean they approached rather than they worshipped, the birds leave the lake to become near Krishna and sit by his side. Being close to Krishna gives him the highest pleasure, as shown by the way they become peaceful, closing their eyes and staying silent. The word hanta in this verse indicates joy and surprise but it can also be taken to express disappointment. And accordingly, the whole statement of the verse can be understood in a different way. The birds approached Krishna and apparently calmed down. But, their minds, but were their minds actually peaceful? Not at all. Taking the liberty to add the negative prefix, prefix a to the words milita and dritamauna, we can read te yatichita hanta milita trisho drita maunaha 
The birds could not control their minds. Ayata chitaha. Could not close their eyes. Amilita drisha. And could not be silent. Adrita maunaha. Their meditation on Krishna caused such ecstatic mental transformations that they couldn't possibly keep their minds calm. They were in such anxiety from being unable to see Krishna that they couldn't close their eyes, which even lost the natural ability to blink. <laughs> and, they stood to, and they took to such loud sankirtan of Krishna's names that any trace of sobriety was out of the question. Or, understanding the bird's condition in another way, as a result of worshipping Krishna by meditating upon him, on him, they attained the ecstasy of murchcha, loss of consciousness. Their minds dissolving into oblivion, they simply closed their eyes and fell silent. In other words, the gopi speaking implies Though, the, though these birds are members of a different species of life, though they live in the sky, though they are males, and though they live in the distant lake, a distant lake, where they busy are busy enjoying the various in various ways, the song of Krishna's flute has forcibly dragged them into Krishna's association. Concentrating their minds on Krishna has awakened in the birds a transcendental prema that has destroyed their natural peace and thoughtfulness, disturbed their consciousness with all sorts of agitation, and rendered them completely bewildered. What can be said then of the constant state of the gopis who have no other purpose than to, in life than to serve Krishna? They too must be suffering, but much more severely. Text 15. Prayo Padamba Muniyo Bihagavanesmin Krishnekchitam Tad Utilakala Venugitam Aru Yate Drumabujan Ruchida Pravalan Srinvanti Mili Tadrisho Bigatayan Avajaha Bigatanyavajaha O Mother in this forest, all the birds have risen onto the beautiful branches of the trees to see Krishna. With closed eyes, they are simply listening in silence to the sweet vibrations of his flute, and they are not attracted by any other sound. Surely these birds are on the same level as great sages. Commentary Another gopi, Enchanted by hearing Krishna's flute, sings this verse, Bhagavatam 10.21.14, to Mother Yashoda, or else to a girlfriend. Here, even more fortunate birds are glorified. Those who live in the same trees that provide shade for Krishna as he wanders about the Vrindavan forest. As the birds in Vrindavan should be recognized as great sages, or as indicated by the word prayaha, taken to mean many, sages are not so numerous in Braja. But there are many birds. These birds are, are able 
these birds are able to hear the mellow song of Krishna's flute, which, which Krishna plays for the enjoyment of the cows and the cowherd boys and girls of Sri Vrindavan. When Krishna is far away, the birds may not hear the sound distinctly, but still its effect on them is vivid. That sound bestows upon them the vision of Krishna, Krishnasya Ikshitam. And, it, and by bringing them to the tops of the trees, it also becomes the means by which Krishna sees them, Krishnena Ikshitam. The flute song is also Krishnekshitam, seen by Krishna, in the sense that only Krishna can conceive of such beautiful music. It is produced from Krishna, Krishnasya Uditam, and this suggests also that the sound of the flute creates an opportunity for the birds to perceive Krishna by hearing. Hearing the sound is another way for them to see Krishna, who is not easily visible to them through the abundant foliage. Though the rich new growth on the branches makes it difficult for the birds to see Krishna, it also attracts Krishna to the trees to pick the fresh leaves, fruits and flowers. So the birds put aside their normal business of foraging and fly to the highest branches where the leaves and twigs don't block the line of sight between them and Krishna. Perched in the treetops, eyes closed in meditation, the birds appear like great sages. Indeed, sages who want to devote themselves to Krishna perch themselves on various branches of the tree of the Vedas, which bear the attractive tender twigs of various methods for spiritual advancement. The sages learn from the Vedas how to realize Krishna and with enthusiasm they practice the disciplines approved by the Vedas, such as offering to Krishna the results of all work. But even while seriously studying the Vedas and pondering what they mean, the sage becomes attracted to hearing Krishna's all-attractive flute and become eager to see him. They cease to be attached to their Vedic education and instead become attached to seeing Krishna constantly in their hearts. Closing their eyes in great ecstasy, they then dedicate themselves exclusively to his Nam, Sankirtan. Or else, Sanatana Goswami, here he goes again. Or else, it may be understood that sages devoted to the personality of Godhead come to the Vrindavan forest to become birds and listen to the song of his flute. According to the commentary of Srila Sridhar Swami, all sages, even if content in their own selves, should become birds in the Vrindavan forest or granting that some sages are disqualified from entrance into Vrindavan because they are less fortunate and confused by maya, at least most of them should, prayaha. They should become birds in Vrindavan because thus they can easily achieve what they aspire for, 
and much more. Because the bees, because the birds living in the Vrindavan forest have the great fortune to be able to hear Krishna's flute so often, they should be acknowledged to be greater devotees than the bees. And thinking about the birds makes Krishna's girlfriends even more disappointed than before. How terrible this is! We don't have such unalloyed devotion for Krishna. We can't see Krishna or hear his flute when he goes to the forest. We can't renounce everything and climb to the, the branches of the trees. And when we don't see him, we can't simply stop talking and close our eyes like these birds to hell with us gopis. Text 116. Akarnya Venu Ranitam Sahakrishna Sara Pujam Dadur Virajitam Pranayabalokyahi. Blessed are all these foolish deer because they have approached Maharaj Nanda's gorgeously dressed son after hearing him play on his flute. <clears throat> Indeed, both the doe and the bucks worship the Lord with looks of love and affection. Commentary In this verse, Bhagavatam 10.21.11, another gopi glorifies the deer. The deer, being similar in species to the cows and other creatures tended by the personality of Godhead, are able to accompany him while grazing. Danyaksma means that, that they means they, the deer, are fortunate. Or considering the grammatical license granted to saintly authors like Vyasadeva, another way to understand Danyaksma is we are fortunate. This is possible if we allow Srila Vyasa the liberty of leaving off the final letter of the word smaha we are, the way it is sometimes left off in the texts of the Vedas. In other words, we consider our great fortune, we consider it our great fortune that these deer have responded to the flute song of our beloved Sri Nandanandana by approaching to worship him with all respect. The worship done by the deer was very simple, being performed with nothing more than loving glances. The deer had no paraphernalia at their disposal for worship, and other than those loving glances, nothing would have satisfied Krishna. As expressed by the prefix V in the word virachitam, well arranged, the deer's method of worship was exceptionally pleasing to Krishna. The deer saw Krishna with wonderful forest ornaments like flower garlands and with peacock feathers and gunja berries in his hair. Thus, even though the deer had taken birth as unintelligent animals, muda, mati, they were supremely fortunate. Or, 
understanding the meaning of muda matayak differently just by hearing Krishna's flute the deer lost their power to think clearly and their internal and external senses all became stunned this is the natural influence of braja <clears throat> even living beings possessed of various skills are deprived of them by the reverberation of Krishna's flute and rendered dumb and immobile like inert beings the doe normally stay hidden deep within the forest but the sound of Krishna's flute drew them out into the open where they came near Krishna and beholding his beauty were bewildered by Cupid in that condition they could think of nothing but him they simply gazed at him in great love as if worshipping him and their husbands also reacted the same way <clears throat> to the song of Krishna's flute. The doe and bucks, those most, the, those most exalted of animals, were endowed with such deep love for the Supreme Lord that they could never become proud of their good fortune. They always behaved like innocent creatures. As the gopis meditate on the devotional service of the deer, they cannot help but think these deer are fortunate because they can worship Krishna along with their husbands but our foolish husbands cannot tolerate our worship of Krishna therefore despite being born as human beings fully able to understand and act we are unfortunate in fact we are the we are most unfortunate even though born in the very virtuous and clever cowherd caste because we cannot follow Krishna and listen to his flute while he wanders about in his forest dress we cannot gaze at him with wide open eyes filled with love and serve him with pleasing glances and even if a few of us can occasionally perform such service for him our husbands object the word Krishna Sara means the black deer but the word sara also means important so the gopis think the husbands of the deer are called krishna saras because only krishna is important to them the attitude of our husbands however is just the opposite actually the cowherd men are also most fortunate vaishnavas exclusively devoted to krishna still the gopis as subordinates as wives feel shy to disclose to their husbands their worship of Krishna constrained by the husband and wife relationship the gopis have to worship Krishna secretly as a paramour this unique style of worship this unique style of worship enables the gopis to achieve the extreme limit of success the highest degree of pure love for Krishna. Hare Krishna. So that's eight o'clock. We'll stop now for reflections, comments, conversations, discussions. You have something?
Thank you, Maharaj. <coughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, so they were they're going in these verses. They're going through the order of the, the sort of hierarchy. Exactly. In in Brin, Exactly. In, Brindavan, in Braja, Exactly. Sorry. And uh, so th there are unlimited uh, variations within this world. And um, are they just talking about the the sort of the, the key distinctions? Just the, the key distinctions. Right. There's all kinds of bugs and insects, but they 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 single out the bees. Mm. So forth, so on and so forth. Right. And are these so? So the material world is a reflection of yes. this, and therefore we also have this variety here. Yes. And uh, exactly, yeah. exactly, correct. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. But there, they all love Krishna, and here, everyone's forgetful of Krishna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they lament for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But the gopis' love is so fantastic that they see those things, even if they're not there. That's their deepest meditation. But the main thing about this hierarchy business is that the gopis are, as I said before, repeatedly feeling themselves less fortunate than all the living beings, even the, even the clouds, which are not considered living beings ordinarily. But in, in Braj and especially in Goloka Vrindavan, uh, the clouds are also living beings. Everything is conscious in the spiritual world. And everything is worshipping Krishna. Everything or everyone, I guess you could say, is worshipping Krishna. And within this hierarchy, is it the more humble you are, the more, the higher it is? So the gopis here... The hum more, humble more humble you are, the more lower you are. Lower. That was the whole point, because the gopis come to the conclusion, and they're the highest, <laughs> and they come to the conclusion that all the others are higher than them. That's it. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I just think about this song, Dayakoyamani. Dayakoyamani. The most holy. Yes. I can get the most mercy. Yes. Yes. Exactly. From Gopakanya Devidasi. And this gives us unlimited ways of meditating on Krishna. Just hearing this gives us unlimited ways of thinking about Krishna and meditating on how wonderful Krishna is. His form and his behavior and his flute playing. It's, you can't imagine what it's like to see Krishna from this point of view. But we're beginning to see that by hearing this. You know, sometimes... When somebody's trying to explain something to you that's very complicated or, you know, whatever, deep, you'll listen and then all of a sudden you'll say, oh yeah, I see. It's common. I see. Mm -hmm. So we see through proper understanding. We can't see a thing unless we understand it properly. So hearing about these things give us a taste and that taste, although we can't perceive it necessarily, all of us, every time, it's, it's the same, the seeing, physically. 
And the more we appreciate it through hearing, the more eligible we become to go there and see it for ourselves. But the devotees who are actually pure, it doesn't bother them. They just f see by hearing. So whether they're there or they're here, it makes no difference to them. They just serve Krishna constantly by hearing about Him. Okay. Hare Krishna. From Gopakanya Devidasi. Gopakanya Hare Krishna. Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna. Ogres to Shri Prabhupada and your transcendental daily readings of Sri Bihar Bhagavatamrita Dev Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi. Accept my humble obeisances. I was feeling sad about the departure of His Grace Pankaj Angri, and today's reading is even more appreciated than ever. Yes, of course. They are wake up call at every turn. Mm -hmm. And then we can feel transcendental envy because he's going back to Godhead and we always have to wait. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Rati Manjai said Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Rati. Ananda Murti Devidasi. Jai Guru Dev. Please accept my humble obeisance. Jai Ananda Murti. Ogres to Shri Jai. All of moving and non-moving entities are very consciously living in front of Sri Krishna. They understand the mood of Gopi's mood is something ununderstandable for me. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. That's lucky you. Hare Krishna. Okay, the commentaries are getting shorter and shorter if we get deeper and deeper here. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. We'll be going. Uh, not tomorrow, but the very early morning and the next day. So tomorrow we will be preparing ourselves and packing everything that we need. We'll be there, you know, the operations on the 12th. So we'll continue with our readings uh, until the evening of the 11th. And then I'll be out for some time. I'm not sure exactly how long, but it'll be for some days for sure. I hope it's not for weeks, but at least, at least it'll be for some time. Because they can't sit in a chair for a while. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Okay, so. Sri Briyat Bhagavatamrita ki jai. Samaveda Bhaktavinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari Haribo. All glories to Lord Chaitanya for giving us this nectar, pulling us out of the suffering of material existence. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. And now it's it's getting so nectarian I can't say the prem, the prem, the prem. It's all just prem. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.